My text for this evening will be verses 1 through 18. For since the law has but a shadow of the good things to come, instead of the true form of these realities, it can never, by the same sacrifices that are continually offered every year, make perfect those who draw near. Otherwise, would they not have ceased to be offered? since the worshipers, having once been cleansed, would no longer have any consciousness of sin. But in these sacrifices, there is a reminder of sin every year, for it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Consequently, when Christ came into the world, He said, Sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body you have prepared for Me. In burnt offerings and sin offerings you have taken no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written of me in the scroll of the book. And when he said above, You have neither desired nor taken pleasure in sacrifices and offerings and burnt offerings and sin offerings. These are offered according to the law. Then he added, Behold, I have come to do your will. He abolishes the first in order to establish the second. And by that will... We have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every high priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering, He has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. And the Holy Spirit also bears witness to us, for after saying, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law on their hearts. I will write them on their minds. Then He adds, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. Where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer any offering of sin. This is the word of the Lord. What makes Good Friday so good? There are many things that I could say, but the simplest, one of them, is found in the last words that Jesus spoke as He hung upon the cross. The last words before He drew His final breath. It is finished. That's why we're here this evening. But when Jesus said, it is finished, what did He mean? Well, the passage I just read explains what He meant. The book of Hebrews makes its argument by contrasting the Old Covenant with the New Covenant. The Old Covenant is but a shadow of the things to come. But that shadow points to the one who was to come. It points to Jesus. And at each turn throughout the book of Hebrews, the author is showing us that Jesus brings a new covenant that is better than the old. Tonight, we're going to look at one specific aspect of that new covenant. How Jesus is a better sacrifice for our sins. His blood is better than than the blood of bulls and goats. 
in chapter 9, just a little before the passage that I read, we read that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Under the Old Covenant, if you've read the Old Testament, you know this is true, there was plenty of blood. There were sacrifices for everything, offered multiple times a year, offered year after year. But as chapter 10, verses 3 and 4 say, but in these sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year, for it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. But then as we read about what Jesus did when he came into the world and offered a single sacrifice, we read that he appeared once for all at the end of the ages to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. That's why Jesus could say, it is finished. What was it about Jesus' sacrifice that made it better than the sacrifices of the Old Covenant? What allowed Him to say, it is finished? What made His sacrifice complete? I want to suggest two reasons. I could give ten from this passage. But for this evening, two reasons that Jesus' sacrifice is a finished sacrifice, a complete sacrifice. First, Jesus' sacrifice is finished because He offers complete obedience to the Father. Complete obedience to the Father. In verses 5 to 7, the author applies Psalm 40 to Jesus. He puts the words of the psalm in Jesus' mouth. So Jesus says, Sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sin offerings you have taken no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written of me in the scroll of the book. This is an interesting quotation. One of the things that's interesting with so much blood, so much sacrifice within the Old Testament that we read here that even in the Old Covenant, God did not desire sacrifice. Sure, He requires sacrifice, but God did not desire them. What God desired was obedience. For those of you who come here regularly, remember what Samuel said to Saul? He said, to obey is better than to sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. God wants to live in relationship with His people. That's His desire. And in that relationship, He desires us to obey Him as our God. To obey Him in all that we do. He wants us to do His will, as the psalm says. That's what He desires. But we don't do His will. And so sacrifice is what He requires. That's what makes Christ's sacrifice so special. He came into the world. We are told God prepared a body for Him. We read earlier in Hebrews that He partook of our own flesh and blood. He became like the rest of mankind. But what did He come into the world to do? He says, I have come to do Your will, O God. Jesus, like us in every way, 
except for in one way. He was without sin. He did the will of God. He was obedient to God. He did what God desired for the first time in all of human history. Somebody obeyed God completely. That's why Jesus can say, it is finished. Maggie tells her kindergartners to obey right away, all the way, with a happy heart every day. That's a simple way to say what it is that Jesus did. Speaking of all the way, Philippians 2 tells us that he obeyed to the point of death, even death on a cross. And he did so with a happy heart. It was for the joy that was set before him that he endured the cross. His obedience provides a better sacrifice. He not only lived the life that we have failed to live, he also paid the penalty that we deserve to pay. But there's something completely new about Christ's sacrifice that you may have missed as we read this passage. The obvious thing that is new is that he offers himself, not the blood of bulls and goats, but he also does so willingly. Under the old covenant, what was sacrificed? Bulls and goats. But do you think those bulls and goats offered their lives willingly? No. They were a victim. But with Christ, you have something entirely different. You have a willing volunteer. He is not a victim. He is a volunteer. John 10 tells us, this is Jesus speaking, I lay down my life for the sheep. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. This is complete obedience. Willing obedience to the will of God. That's the first reason why Jesus can say, it is finished. The second is that Jesus' sacrifice perfects us for all time. Perfects His people for all time. I touched on this in my introduction, but I want to drive it home here. Under the Old Covenant, and under any other religious system that exists today, there is no perfection that is available. Chapter 9, verse 9 says, The gifts and sacrifices are offered that cannot perfect the conscience of the worshiper. Chapter 10, verse 1 says, The law can never, by the same sacrifices that are continually offered every year, make perfect those who draw near. And then again, repeated in verse 11, every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when Christ offered his life as a sacrifice for sins, we're told in verse 12, he offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins. In verse 14, by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. In the old covenant, there were many sacrifices, but in the new, there is only one. A sacrifice offered for all who are called. In the old system, the sacrifices had to be repeated. In the new system, 
the new covenant in Christ, there is no need to repeat. The author really wants to drive this point home throughout this book. It may be one of the major themes of the book of Hebrews. There are six references to this once for all language in the book in chapter 7 to 10 especially. I've already read two of them. Let me read the other four just so you can get a feel for it. 727. His sacrifice was offered once for all when he offered up himself. 912. He entered once for all into the holy places, not by the means of the blood of goats and calves, but by the means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. 926. He has appeared once for all at the end of the ages to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. 1010. We have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. It is finished. But the author, not just through repetition, but through imagery, wants to drive this home. And I want you to go home today with this firmly impressed upon your hearts. There's a word picture in verses 11 to 12 that's particularly helpful. There's a contrast between standing up in the Old Covenant and sitting down in the New. Under the Old, there was always a priest standing up, serving at the altar. Sacrifices. Year after year, standing up, working. But in the New, Christ sat down. When you're standing up, you're still working. When you sit down, your work is finished. Christ can sit down because His sacrifice is a sufficient payment for sins. It's the only payment for sins. He can sit down because His sacrifice was decisive, one and done. It was enough to satisfy the wrath of God that all of us deserve, and that none of us will be able to escape through our own works. I don't know about your house, but as you can imagine in my house, I have nine children, by the way, if you're a guest. There are always dishes to be done. I don't mind washing dishes. In fact, I kind of like it. The problem with dishes is the work is never finished. You knock out a whole sink full at dinner, and then there's ice cream dishes to pick up at night, and then breakfast dishes in the morning. This is just the nature of cleaning. You vacuum the floor today, the kids track in dirt tomorrow. You pick up your room on Saturday, it needs done again on Monday. And what about the garage? What happens to the garage? It always needs cleaned again. Most cleaning has this never finished nature to it. So isn't the author of Hebrews quite audacious to come along and tell us that Christ's sacrifice, His cleansing is once and for all? Isn't it quite audacious, quite amazing for Jesus to hang on the cross and say, it is finished. He has perfected for all time those that belong to Him by faith. Sure, 
we are still in the process of being sanctified. We may not look perfect on the outside, but in the eyes of God, if we are in Christ, He looks on Christ. His perfect obedience. His perfect sacrifice. And He says, that child of mine is perfect. They are finished. Because they are in Christ. There's one more wordplay that helps drive this point home. It's found at the beginning and the end of our passage and therefore I think it is meant to stand out. At the beginning of the passage, referring to the Old Covenant, in verse 3 we read, but in these sacrifices there is a reminder of sins every year. Then at the end, in verse 17, speaking of the New Covenant, God says, I will remember their sins no more and their lawless deeds no more. For where there is forgiveness of sins, there is no longer any offering for sin. The law reminds us of our sins. The Gospel reminds us of God's grace. It tells us that He remembers them no more. They're paid in full. We are forgiven. Christ's work is finished. He offers His perfect obedience to the Father. He gives His perfect sacrifice in our place to all of those who place their faith in Jesus Christ. So let me ask you, what can wash away your sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing that you do. It will never be good enough. But what Christ has done once and for all is all that you need. What should the response be for those of us who have received Christ? The answer is found in the verses Jordan Green read at the beginning of the service in verses 19 and following. Because of what Christ has done once and for all, we can have confidence, assurance, and we can then enter into the presence of God, into relationship with God through the blood of Christ. We can draw near with full assurance with our hearts sprinkled clean. As we prepare to take communion this evening, I invite you to let this sink in. It is finished. Pray with me. Father, thank You for the amazing grace that You have shown us in Son in Your Son. That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And that the work is finished. Help us to rest in that. To rejoice in that. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.